Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. In another remarkable episode from the archives, Pastor Andrew unpacks scriptures from Peter and Titus to allay our fears and sustain our hope. One of the greatest difficulties we face during this time is to lose hope and to stray from the path that God has called us to follow. Peter notes this in his first letter where he mentions hope. Firstly, he encourages us with our heavenly inheritance. In 1 Peter 1.3 he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And we need to pick up that word living. Hope not just something that we want to happen in the future. The living hope is something that's actually happening now. It's an engagement with God that brings new life, new enthusiasm, new perspectives, and a hope for the future, that whatever's going on around us, God is still in control, and he's certainly in control of us if we'll let him be. Peter talks about God our Father. In 1 Peter 1 verse 13, he says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Peter's one is to understand that, that hope is not dependent on the circumstances we face. It's not dependent on our mood at a particular time. It is something that can be earthed and it is something that's in the here and now and in the future. Then again in 1 Peter 1.21, he wants us to focus on the goodness of God and the outworking of that in our life. He says, Jesus indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. And finally, Peter wants to encourage us to be strong witnesses for the Lord. In 1 Peter 3.15, he writes, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So Peter's saying, hey, you're in a world that doesn't know him and they're going to wonder why you seem to be a little bit more relaxed than everybody else, seem to be a little bit more together and it's because you have this hope and we need to share that hope because it can become a hope for them as well. So I want to now move out of that Peter passage and look at Titus who says similar things. In Titus 3, 4 to 7 he writes, 
that when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration renewal in the Holy Spirit, which he poured out upon us, richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life, having both grace and hope. You know, when things get tough, God actually pours more grace into our situation, even though we may not see it, that the tougher things get, the more God pours his grace, so that if we will turn to him and focus on him and get our sense of direction from him, that grace will in fact change our hearts so much and our confidence in our God so much that we can tackle the situations we face in quite a different way and a much more positive way. So the question arises, did we really need Jesus? Why did the Son of God have to leave heaven, take the form of the babe Jesus, to walk the roads of Galilee as the man Jesus and Jerusalem and die on a cross and rise from the dead. He had to do it because we're not right. And no matter how much we try and how many ways we try, we just haven't got it right at all. Isaiah 53 tells us that we are all like sheep that have gone astray. Sheep have had an important place in my life. Having been a city boy, we went to the country diocese of Ballarat and in a little place called Nadimak, I had built this incredible veggie garden with the help of one of the farmers. And I'd be out there in the garden and the next door neighbour had sheep and they would come up to the fence and bar while I was working. I would chat with them and they would chat with me and it was just a nice stress-free environment and lo and behold when we went to Balan and near Ballarat we had our own sheep and so I had sheep in my paddock just outside my office. Sheep have a mind of their own. If you've ever been with sheep you understand that. I remember the mornings in our pyjamas and overcoats chasing sheep to get them back into our paddock and I remember one occasion that someone had left the gate of the sheep paddock open and all the flock had gone three three blocks down into the town and one of our shepherds brought them back and we almost thought we had them until the dog decided to scare them and they took off and ended up in the school but we finally got them back from there and back into the paddock and sheep are like that and the bible often talks about sheep and compares us to sheep Isaiah 53 says, Almost like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way. And you know, and I know, we actually do that. We all tend to go astray. We all tend to want to do our own thing. We break God's commandments. We disobey his rules. We fall short of his purpose for us and we walk away from his love. We stray from his care 
and we turn away from his friendship. But God walks into our lives and tells us that he loves us. Jesus came because we had strayed from God. We had strayed so far from God that we no longer knew who God was and what he really was like. Because of our ignorance about God, we tend to want to appease some type of God who we think makes things hard for us, punishes unmercifully, gets on our case when we just want to have some fun, is down upon us and doesn't care about our problems and troubles. And that understanding of God is in many people's lives, their minds and their hearts. I became an atheist because I felt if God was there, he wasn't there for me. Or he wasn't where I was. He didn't seem to show any care about the things I was going through. Now, God sent his son into the world to show us that our picture of God is all wrong. God sent his son into the world because of his incredible and intense love for you and me. In John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God comes to us when we're least expecting it. In the days in King's Cross, we didn't have a lot of money, but every now and again we'd go out for coffee and I was having coffee with one of our counsellors and she'd just been to a conference where they talked about practising the presence of Jesus. And she decided she would do that and said to me in the empty chair just across from our table, she says, Jesus is sitting there. Now, I couldn't see him, but I went along with it. And so we asked Jesus if he would like a cup of coffee. And we got a response from the Holy Spirit, yes, please. And we thought, well, Jesus can't drink coffee. Maybe he's going to bring someone in here we can actually offer coffee to. We waited 20 minutes and not one person came into that shop. So we had to leave. And as we were going out, God told me, I'm going to collect on that cup of coffee. At midnight that night, I'm at the bus stop in King's Cross waiting for a bus. And I had this nudge from God to catch a taxi to Town Hall Station. And I said, God, you know, we work for Teen Challenge. We can't afford that sort of thing. I have to catch a bus. Anyway, I said, God, if you want me to get into a taxi, you have to get the taxi to come and stop right in front of me and do something to make me get into it. So next thing, a taxi stops in the bus stop, gets his paper out and starts reading it. Next thing, this guy came up to me. He says, any buses? I said, well, I've been praying for one, but one hasn't come yet. Well, he didn't bite at that. He said, oh, it's really great, isn't it? I said, what's great? Well, when you're rich as anything, you can't find a taxi anywhere, and when you're dead broke, you're tripping over the things, referring to the taxi. And God said, give this man a ride to Town Hall Station. And so I told him, I'm going to give you a ride. So I said, get in. So we got in, and I asked the price. And the price was the price of a 10-cent bus fare and a cup of coffee. God had collected on our offer. We got down to Town Hall Station. He got out of the taxi. I got out. And he was about to go and said, look, before you go, I have to tell you why I shouted you this taxi ride. 
And I talked about how we'd offered Jesus a cup of coffee and I said, Jesus is giving this cup of coffee to you in the form of a taxi ride. Now, these guys are tough. They've been into organisations like us. They tried to con us. But this guy started crying because all of a sudden, God has stepped into his life and said, I love you. I remember in later years when we were in Sydney, in Melbourne, which was our parish, and I'm a late house, so it was one o'clock in the morning and the supermarkets actually stay open. So I went across to buy some chocolate for the rest of the family and myself. And so I'm basically not so much there, put the chocolates down, gave the card to the young woman, and she says, you're a priest. I thought, well, how do you know that? <laughs> it's on the card. Anyway, she says, oh, do I ever need a priest? I said, what do you need a priest for? She says, well, I pray to God and I just don't get any answers. Things are going really wrong in my life and I don't know how to get them fixed. And I said, well, look, do you pray? And she says, yes, I do pray. I'm an Orthodox Christian. And I said, well, do you ever pray directly to Jesus and ask Jesus? And she says, no, I don't do that. I said, well, why don't you try that? Then I had to move on because there are other customers coming. It was two weeks later that I went back to the supermarket and there she was on the till. And she wasn't serving me, but as I moved through, having paid for what I bought, she gave her thumbs up as it went really well. So sometimes God's just going to step into your life when you're least expected and say, I love you. God comes to show us the way. Jesus came not only to teach or guide, but to be the way or means by which we can come to God the Father. And that's a critical point. There are scholars today who want to do away with the atonement. They don't really want to put Jesus in a place where we have to come through him to Father God. They want to go to God in their own way, in their own means. And so they'll tell us that Jesus was a great teacher and he was a great guy, but we don't need to go through Jesus to come to God. And my gut feeling is, we do. Why on earth would God send his son if he's not going to be the means by which we come to God through his sacrifice on the cross for us? Jesus came so we would get it, and we'd get it really well. Jesus gave his life for us so that we would come. So when he comes to us, we can know that it's real. God comes to us so that we might come to him. Remember our Christmas party at the Sydney Metropolitan Water Drainage and Sewage Board where I worked and we had all the labourers from the outlying areas come in and we had one guy who was really drunk and he put his glass of beer down next to us so we took it and did what you should never do to Australian male. We hid his beer. So he's looking around to find out where the thing is and found it behind our back. And we gave it back to him. He said, you think I've had too much? And I said, I think you have. Oh, but I need this. I said, no, what you really need is Jesus Christ in your life. And his eyes bulged. He says, you won't believe this. He, took, he dragged me over to a corner. He says, my wife has been a Christian for 18 years. And for 18 years, she's been praying that I become a Christian. And we even had an argument about it last night. So you know what I'm going to do? And of course, this guy's drunk, so I had no idea what he was going to do. 
He says, I'm going to go to church tomorrow with my wife and I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. And I didn't believe him. I just thought it was the alcohol talking. Two weeks later, he came back to me. He said, I went to church on Christmas Day. I gave my heart to Jesus. And my wife has been teaching me how to be a Christian. God loves us so much that he comes. And even as Christians, we can get a sense that he doesn't care about us or we don't get as much as others seem to. And God just showed me how close he was one evening when I was working Teen Challenge in King's Cross. I'd asked one of our lady counsellors to go to the pictures and she rejected it uh, quite abruptly actually. And it really hurt me and I couldn't work out why it hurt me so I went out to my office, got on my knees and I said, God, I'm so hurt. I don't know why I'm hurt. I don't know what to do and nothing. I couldn't sense God there. I thought, well, he obviously doesn't care. And I had to go to a Christian engagement party. And so I went down and we were singing this Christian song. Let me read out the words to you. And Jesus said, come to the water, stand by my side. I know you are thirsty, you won't be denied. I felt every teardrop when in darkness you cried. And I strove to remind you that for those tears I died. And while we're seeing that, I had a vision of myself in my office on my knees. And there in front of me was Jesus praying for me. And I didn't know that he was so close. It's not the only time he's ever done that. But you see, he's so close when we call, even though we don't feel him. He has not deserted us and he will not leave us. He will be working on our behalf in the situation in which we're encountered, the difficulty and trouble we might have. He is there, no matter how hard the time comes how far away you feel that he is, I want you to know that he wants you to come and he is there for you. Let us pray. Father, you know the difficulties of the times we're in. We lose heart. We get a sense that you're not there for us and yet you are. So empower us, Father God that in the midst of this time of upheaval, we might come through for you in your power to know you and to love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page. Or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au